Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Thursday, August 12th. And uh, Mark, uh, I'm now in the the final throes of my pre-vacation mania. And um, on this vacation... I cannot promise that I will not check my email, but I can promise that I'm going to check far less. How do you feel about that, Mark? Mark says he's, I've been doing better. I really have been, but you know, I'm not there yet. Uh, if you also are like me, there's this point at which it's not so much that you think you're missing something. It's just that you don't want to come back to like a gazillion emails. You know what I might do, Mark? I might take the CBS email off my phone, which will then force me to then only check from my desktop when I get back home after a day out. All right, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. That's a good idea. Okay. If you have a question, we'd love to hear from you. Our email address is askjill at jillonmoney.com. Mark says that most of you are coming from the website, jillonmoney.com. So if you're on the website, there's a contact button, which is great. And if you're also on the website, there's a couple of other things to do. One, you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter. And two, you can subscribe to our sister podcast. It's called Eye on Money. All right, let's get to some questions right away. And this is from Wade, who says he and his wife are considering early retirement at age 54. Notice my pause. Okay. Now, when they're 54, they're going to have a whole crap load of money for to $5 million. Now, for everyone listening, remember that email from a couple of weeks ago, which was like, the guy's like, oh, I feel bad about myself because I don't have four or $5 million. Okay, I get it. Just let's, we're, these are just numbers. We're going to, we're going to think about this in a way that is relatable to you guys. All right. So it doesn't matter how much money you have, but what you need to think about when you're retiring is what you're going to have at retirement. And then we work backwards from there. So they have a bunch of money. They've saved it up. A lot of it is in retirement account. And there's a bunch of money. And why is this important? Because obviously, when you retire early, we are very focused on money that has already been taxed. So you don't have to take money out during retirement. So for these folks, for uh, Wade and wife, this is a million dollars that's in a brokerage account. And then one of their companies is going to give them a lump sum of another million dollars. So they're going to have $2 million that's already, you know, sort of in non-retirement assets. They're in the highest tax bracket. You know, he says they're going to have, essentially after they pay their tax, they're going to have 
$1.6 million in after-tax money, and they're going to get pensions at age 55. Come on. They got long-term care insurance. They've got a uh, 65-35 allocation. And he says, is it crazy to keep a larger money in cash for income for the years between 54 and 59 and a half? So should he just keep the money in cash from that big payout? And he says, is it correct that I should use it as income and pay no taxes on it? Is the only downside to this plan the the drag cash will have on the performance on our portfolio? The way I'm thinking about it is that we could convert about $250,000 a year to Roth, pay the taxes with the cash and use cash as income to supplement the pension. We live in a high cost of living area. We're going to need $150,000 of income. Well, I mean, they're going to have 70 grand in pension and then they're going to get social security. So they're basically two thirds of the way there, at least maybe more. Um, you got plenty of money to retire. I like this idea, Mark. Do you feel comfortable keeping some money in cash for a few years or at least in very, very short term bonds? I would do cash also. I, I would like get a good place where they're going to do cash management for you. I think you're in great shape. The other thing to aspect of this, which is how you approach the um, the the years in between of you know having that income and not having income, but also using your money and converting it, all of this makes a ton of sense to me. So I also presume that because you have a pension, I don't know if you have insurance, health insurance or not. Um, oh, he says he doesn't have health insurance in retirement, so that's the only extra cost. So you know, presumably you've factored that in with your $150,000 of, of need. I think that's a pretty good game plan and I wouldn't mess around with it. Ooh, there's a long one from Amy who is asking about investment strategy. Amy listens to the podcast daily. She's 62. She's divorced and late to the workforce because she was home with the kiddos um, who are doing great. Okay. Spousal support ends at the end of next year need advice on how to transition assets and retirement assets specifically. She makes $55,000 a year at work, and that's a stable job. Right now, $28,000 in spousal support with additional money received based on what the ex will receive from the percentage of company sales. And that's a good deal. You had a good lawyer, girl. Um, so it's basically about 50 grand in spousal support. $175,000 in traditional retirement assets, $100,000 in Roth assets, and um, putting about seven grand a year into those Roth assets. Money in a 403B, $177,000, putting money in there, pays quarterly taxes based on the spousal support, which really stinks. <laughs> well, what's better, paying the quarterly taxes or getting the spousal support? Come on now. Small mortgage balance, low cost of living area, a home equity line of credit balance of $7,500 for beautiful wood floors. Okay, I'm a fan. No other debt. Any change to the retirement strategy? So, you know, she's in a target date re retirement fund. She's not going to be able to contribute the full, you know, boat to her 403B after the spousal support ends, but she could put about 10% into the Roth 403B option and stop contributing to her Roth. She could contribute enough to get the current match if she did that. I like that plan. A couple of things. So look, you can only do what you can do. Um, I definitely would use a Roth because your salary is so is going to, without the spousal support, is going down pretty dramatically. And in fact, I think I'd use the Roth right now because even with the spousal um, amount, if I look at this correctly, 
you are, I don't know, mostly in the 22% tax bracket probably. And it would seem to me that you should use the Roth no matter what. I might um, like to see you put a little bit more money in cash right now. I know 50000 probably seems like a lot, but I would beef that up a little bit. I'd like to have a little more before you get to retirement. In terms of your um, investments, you have a target retirement fund. Then you also have money in um, another Fidelity Contra fund. Either do the target retirement or do another type of investing, meaning like all index funds, because I don't really think you need both. And I would probably just go and say, like, let me pick a nice smattering of Fidelity index funds, because it sounds like you have maybe a Fidelity options uh, or other index funds and keep the investing costs low. Yeah. Mark says, notes this, you have a Vanguard IRA. Okay. You have a traditional IRA. You don't need a target date retirement fund at Vanguard. You could just say a Vanguard stock index, a Vanguard bond index, a Vanguard international index. I don't know. It seems to me that you got enough money, you should probably be doing it. And maybe what you want to do is use the Vanguard personal advisor because it's so cheap. It's like 0.3%. They can help you with that. But if you want to stick to doing it yourself and you just like it simple, fine, you can do it. Uh, Here's another Amy who um, lives in the uh, great state of California, makes $123,000 a year. She says, I'm going to start a new job that pays $160,000. I have a 403B that has $11,000, a Roth IRA with $23,000. At the new job, I can choose a pension or 401k with the employer with a match of 7%. If I choose a pension, I can also get a supplemental 403b that will be unmatched. I would like to max out everything, but I have student loan payments and I want to buy a condo or a house someday. Aunt Jill, what should I do? Pension or 401k? Oh, Amy, um, it depends if you think this is a job where you're really going to stick around for a while. And if you do, then I like the idea of a pension because I like guarantees. But if you think this is going to be one hop in a series of hops throughout your career, I may not. I may just do the, the employer match. I know that for everyone listening, it is may sound strange, you know, like, oh, a pension. That seems very old fashioned, but pensions are great and it's a guaranteed stream of payment. And, you know, if you want to follow up, I'd love to hear more about where this is, what's going on in your life. This is one of the reasons I'd love to have you guys on the air with me because I have so many follow up questions for Amy, like, what are you doing? What was the old job? How, how quickly do we think you're going to buy a house or a condo? Probably not too soon if you're in an expensive place. I want to know how much student loans are still outstanding. All of this critical information for me. Okay. And before we go, Ashley says, if my spouse and I are over the income limit to contribute to a Roth and we want to look into a backdoor Roth, if we have a traditional IRA account, Fidelity is telling us we will owe a portion in taxes once we do a backdoor conversion. And my spouse also wants to know the best place to save money after we max out our 401ks we're debt-free. What's the next step? Okay. So this is the problem with having an old IRA account and doing backdoor conversions. But if you have an old IRA account, maybe what you could do is roll it into your existing 401k and then you won't be subject to that pro rata rule. So that's something you should look into immediately. In terms of where you should save after you max out the 401k, so let's pretend you can get rid of the old traditional IRA. You've got your 401k. 
Maybe doing a backdoor conversion would be great, but maybe perfectly fine for you guys to just invest in a brokerage account. Maybe that's the best place for you to put the money. I think that could be something that you should at least consider. All right. If you have a financial question, you want to come on the show with us. You want to get our opinion. All you need to do is shoot us a note. If you're on our website, jillonmoney.com, right after you sign up for our free weekly newsletter, hit the contact button and then we'll get your message and we'll answer your question. So easy to do. As always, we like to remind you to do something nice for someone else today and remember our mantra, grit, growth, grace. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.